So, I am recording the Bible 3-30-2021. I got some music in the background because I recorded in my house and it's kind of loud. I do apologize for the music. I cannot concentrate either, but they're speaking and I got to just do what I do. Okay, verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted to the Israeli soldiers, Why have you taken positions for battle? Am I a Philistine and your soul's servant? Choose a man and send him to fight me. If he can fight and kill me, he or we will be your servants. But if I can kill you, you will be your servants. Then he said, Today I stand and dare the army of Israel. Send one of your men to fight me. When Saul and the Israelis heard the Philistines' words, they were very scared. In history, there has always been champions. Russia at hockey. The Canadians sometimes too. Soccer is the one thing that we have never won a World Cup. So think about the top champions, Brazil... Um, Argentina, Germany, those countries have World Cups. We don't as the United States. Why? There is a lot of reasoning behind that. Some people say it's confidence. Other people say not bad training. Other people say that most of the elite cream of the crop players go play for the leagues that pay like football running and other other things i don't think so i think it's just a matter of time um to be a champion you have to develop a system and that's what i'm doing with writing it's a system that i'm creating you see phil jackson had a system uh some of the coaches in soccer have the two three one systems um and all the stuff i'm developing a football system which i am gonna disclose soon on um, running plays. I am not a football coach or don't know a lot about football, but I think my system can help. Can help, I don't know. Now, David was the son of Jesse, an Ephratite from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons. In Saul's times, Jesse was an old man. His three oldest sons followed Saul to the war. The first son was Eliah, the second son was Abinadab, and the third son was Shammah. David was the youngest. Jesse's three older sons followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to Bethlehem, where he took care of his father's sheep. For 40 days, the Philistines came out every morning and evening and stood before the Israeli's army. It must have been a very shameful that 40 days, that's a month more than a month and he comes out to defy them so now they're standing still between the armies and this has happened many times now you know famous battles um 70,000 servicemen when 66 days in a battle so some battles believe it or not king nev uh conducted a battle that took 12 years. You never heard of the Thousand Year War? 
well, basically war sometimes lasts a long time. So, I would like to say this. Choosing a champion was something maybe that it, they had a tradition of doing in war. Uh, it must have been a scary thing to see Goliath move in the field. I don't know if we would ever see that again, and I don't want to see it because it would be the most brutal way to die. I think the closest thing we have is the gladiator. Now, David was the son of Jesse and Ephratite. Now, remember, Jesse is very a very old man. David was the youngest. Jesse's three older sons follow Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to Bethlehem where he took care of his father's sheep. So, he was a shepherd, meaning that he, not, he did not have a prominent position in Saul's kingship. He was just a boombox. You know, okay, play something. And he would usually hide behind a curtain or behind a window, and he would play something with, you know, because they would need to protect the king. For 40 days, the Philistines came out every morning and every evening and stood before the Israeli army. Now, David must have fallen in love with this big, tall, and handsome, muscular man. He was just a little boy. Um, so, he most likely... He fell in love because he was serving almost as we serve the president. Have you ever seen those young Marines who are in charge of saluting the president as he goes? Or have you seen the bodyguards of the president in Mexico, how proud they are of being so close to the man? He's just a man. I would be proud when I get close to Jesus, but that's the way it is. Because they don't pick dummies to be close to those people. Jesse said to his son David, take this half bushel of cooked grain, ten loaves of bread to your brothers in the camp. Also ten, take ten pieces of cheese to the commanders and to the brothers and to your brothers. See how your brothers are in are and bring back some proof to show me that they are right. Your brothers are with Saul in the army in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Now, in those days, they didn't have any news channels covering the war. And even today, covering a war is very tough. Nowadays, most likely, journalists will employ drones to cover the war, and they would have other things. One of the guys from the CNN was shot in the head, and he was left disabled. Because it's brutal. They wear their helmet that says press. They're both pressed. I mean, they're, they're right with the troops. Some of the elite journalists. And they get shot the same way too. Early in the morning, David left the sheep with another shepherd. He took the food and left as Jesse had told him. So how many loaves? He brought 10 loaves of bread. And he brought 10 pieces of cheese to the commander. Now, he wasn't bringing food to his brothers, per se, but he was basically bribing the commander to treat his brothers good. Because in a battle, you could have not have any civilians close. So by him sending the commander, David would be allowed to see. The purpose of David going to war was not to bring the Israeli brothers 
food, but to report on the condition of his brothers. But he needed to bribe the commander somehow by taking him cheese and bread and most likely uh, some type of wine. It says cooked grain, but most likely it was some type of wine or something to impress the man so he would let him see his brothers. Typically in a war, you had scouts. And the scouts, the sentries, would not allow anybody to get to the commanders. There is a story. There is a story, a commander in Afghanistan who came and saw, I got some commercial planes, so I got to skip the ad here. So the commander of the Afghanistan received a press guy and he had a bomb on his uh, camera and he killed them, basically. So... He bribes the commander to see the sons, to see. That's why the brothers of David get really upset. Not so much because they were jealous. A lot of preachers will say they were jealous. No, they, you know, if you, all of a sudden you're in Okinawa or you're fighting in the jungles and all of a sudden you see your little brother, you say, what the heck are you doing here? This is no child's play. You could get sniped at any time. You could get captured. You could get... There is a story in El Salvador, there's two gangs. It's called the 18th Street and the MS-13. These two gangs, and I know this because I have worked with uh, the Mariona people as a pastor to bring some of these inmates some type of relief in Bibles or anything like that. If you ever want to deal with sinners and show them the grace of God, this would be a place to start. Mariona, that's the prison. But in El Salvador, they divide gangs by prison. So you cannot have two gangs in one prison. Why? Because they kill each other. The cells are very tiny. And so the other gangs guard the prison so nobody of the other gang can go in and out to deliver supplies. It is very brutal. I was reading the story of this little girl who was sent to send some food to one of the gang members. They, the other gang found out that the little girl was related to this man and they shot her and they killed her. Very sad. This is how, what it must have been for David to cross the lines and be at the battle sign. It was a very dangerous because the Philistines would send scouts and they would capture anything that resemble a Jew. So Jesse said to his sons, David, take this. Okay, for 40 days, the Philistines came out every morning. Jesse said to his sons, take this half bushel of cooked grain, 10 loaves of bread. This is what he gives the commander. Early in the morning, David left the sheep with another sh uh, shepherd. He took the food and left as Jesse had told them. When David arrived at the camp, the army was going out to their battle positions, shouting the war cry. The Israelis and the Philistines were lining up their men to face each other in battle. Now, they are getting tired because no champion is coming to fight them. So now they're engaging the lines. Now, if you've never seen battle formations, it is very interesting how they form. 
it's almost like a football play. I'm much um, into history, and I can tell you that some of the battle formations of some of these um, planes were very interesting. So you have um, a low squadron, a leasing squadron, and a high squadron, sometimes in formations. You, you got to see some of these formations, um, tank formations. Only generals can come up with this stuff. They usually plot it out in a map, and they draw the formations according to what they think is the best strategy. Uh, now, these um, armies had infantry. The, I think the, one of the best movies I could see is The uh, Gladiator. Um, so, you know, you had, like for example, in the German infantry, you had a second company, you had a command platoon, you had an elite platoon, you had an infantry platoon, and you had a support platoon and a heavy platoon. Most of the heavy platoon uh, did the mortar squad. Basically, they hit in locations and they would mortar the enemy wherever they thought it was. Then you had the elite patrol, patrol which were the scouts, and then you had the infantry platoon and the support platoon. They usually had machine guns, bazookas, and sniper squads. Uh, this is what you saw in battle. So when you face, for example, an infantry in the second company of the, the Germans, you will see the scouts, the elites doing their jobs, collecting intel. The elite would get A from the infantry platoon or from the support platoon, which is the machine guns and the bazookas. Now, between that, you had the infantry platoon providing resources to the elite platoon, and at the back, you had the heavy platoon, which is sometimes the mortars. The mortar squad, or the heavy platoon, needed to find out where the elites were and where the infantry platoon was. So if they got into a scuffle, they wouldn't shoot their own people. In those days, they had lamps, and they would light up lamps. So they would say, okay, guys, we're riding red. We're riding red. So they would shoot up a red light, and you knew exactly where your platoon was kind of located in the darkness. Or they would have a green lens, and they would do a signal, sometimes Morse code and things like that. So it was battle formations were very critical, and generals will tell you that it was very critical. So they got really tired. Now, it says... They said, look at this man. He keeps coming out to challenge Israel. The king will give us much money to whoever kills him. He will also let whoever kills him marry his daughter and his father's family will not have to pay taxes in Israel. Now, the price goes up. He says, well, I'll, give, I'll make him my family member and I'll give him a you know, the riches of the kingdom and whatnot until somebody goes out there and, to kill him. Now, David asked the man who stood near him, what will be done to the reward of the man who kills this Philistine? Away the shame from Israel. Who does this, who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is? Does he think he can speak against the armies or the living God? The Israelis told David what would be done for the man who would kill Goliath. When David's oldest brother Elijah heard David talking with the soldiers, he was angry with David. I read a story about a griffin. 
and about finding education. I wrote it over there in college. Um, basically, they go out there soliciting uh, people of education. It's about the Navajos, about the four co uh, coordinates. Uh, somebody out there has it. I can still see see say it, but whatever. But what I'm telling you here is that David, all these brothers, uh, they hear David. But you have you asked ask yourself, why would not David's brothers take the oldest and take him out? Take Goliath out? That's a very interesting question. Is there a challenge in your life that is uh, nagging you? Alcohol, I mean, if you're an alcoholic, drug addict, maybe it's just fatness. You know, there was an uh, engineer who wrote an algorithm. Uh, and I don't forget how the algorithm goes, but the algorithm will insult him. He will send them text message. He wrote this algorithm. He wrote, he typed his number and he would say, you know, you're too fat. And then it, it would insult him as a fat guy to encourage him to keep the diet. Now, did that work? I have no idea. But in this case, David asked, I mean, I would have to, uh, I would love to see an algorithm that encourages me, but I don't know. David asked, now, what have I done wrong? Can I even talk? When he turned to the other people and asked the same questions, they gave him the same answer as before. Yeah, what David said was told to Saul and he sent for David. David said to Saul, don't let anyone be discouraged. I, your servant, will go and fight the Philistines. I mean, this must have been the most stupidest thing that I have ever heard. I mean, you have the military asking this commoner <laughs> to go out and fight this warmonger. <laughs> Like, you know, it's almost like the UFC and Dana saying, guys, we have the heavyweight champion. Let's pick the random guy from the streets to go fight this champion. And nobody wants to step to the scene. And all of a sudden, this teenager says, I'll go. And look at what it says. David said to Saul, don't let anyone be discouraged. I, your servant, will go and fight the Philistines. Saul answered, you can go out against the Philistines and fight them. You are only a boy. Goliath had been a warrior since he was a young man. You know, it is interesting, but we older people see teenagers as boys or girls. Little boys. I was, I was one time hearing uh, somebody speak to their kid. And there was a very tiny girl. She was two or three. I don't remember. And she, uh, and she said, one of the... One of the older girls said, you are a baby. She was like, one a toddler. No, I'm a big girl. <laughs> you know, little girl, little toddler saying I'm a big girl. And fighting, she was a big girl. We older people tend to see the age of another person as relative to ours. But if you're in your 40s and you see somebody that's a teenager, you say, little girl. Now, mind you. Put a, one of those baby Hueys that is 10 years old right next to this 
girls that are 15 and you will see that you say, is that a little girl, is that a little boy or is that a, a man? So it's all relative. So Saul answered, you can go against the Philistines and fight him. You are only a boy. Goliath had been, has been a warrior since he was a young man. But David said to Saul, I, your servant, have been keeping my father's sheep when a lion or bear came and took a sheep from the flock. I will chase it. I will attack it and save the sheep from his mouth. Now, I myself, I am a survivalist and I have encountered bears. One of the most scary things is to encounter a bear charging you. Because it doesn't matter what you do, he still charges at you. A bear could run 40 miles an hour. There's a saying that the only way to uh, escape from a bear is to outrun the guy that's behind you. <laughs> because when those things bite, there is no way to get it out. And if your servant have killed both a lion and a bear, I have never been on top I mean, of a hill with a lion, but I have been there with a bobcat. Running through the jungle, the most scary thing, a bobcat chasing most likely a rabbit or something. I used to call it, I mean, he goes through the bushes, breaking almost every limb, and with so much agility, that is scary. These are circumcised Philistines will be like them because he has spoken against the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from a lion and a bear will save me from the Philistines. Saul said to Saul, I can go in this because I am not used to it. No, Saul tried to put his armor on him. He took his stick in his hand and chose five stones from a stream. He put them in his shepherd bags and grabbed his slings. Then he, he went to meet the Philistines. It must have been an intriguing thing to see all these cowards because they must have been cowards. Not in a bad sense, but the size of this guy. And to see this little guy go out there and just really have a good time there. At the same time, the Philistines was coming closer to David. The men who held his shield walked in front of him. When Goliath looked at David and saw that he was only a boy... Tan and handsome, he looked down on David with disgust. He said, Do you think I'm a dog that you come to me with a stick? He used his he used his God's name to curse David. He said to David, Come here, I will feed your body to the birds of the air and the wild animals. But David said to him, You come to me using a sword and two spears. But I come to you in the name of the Lord, O powerful, the God of the armies of Israel. You have spoken against him. Today the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will kill you and cut your head. Today I will feed the bodies of the Philistine soldiers to the birds of the air and the wild animals. Then all the world will know that there is a God in Israel. Everyone gathered here will know that the Lord does not need swords or spears to save people. The battle belongs to him and he will hand you over to us. Now, I have been, I have been in the, I have been in a situation facing people stronger than I. And 
And trust me, it is a very scary thing when they're punching you and every punch that they throw at you, it feels like they're breaking your bones. Um, it's a very scary thing. I like the song from Casting Crowns and I'm playing it right now, Who Am I? It talks about that. Um, as Goliath came near to attack him, David ran quickly to meet him. He took a stone from his back, put it into his sling and slung it. The stone hit the Philistines and went deep into his forehead and Goliath fell face down on the ground. One time, well, maybe that's a personal experience that I don't want to speak. But here we see the outcome. And this has happened many times in history. Uh, the Six-Day War, the Confederates, battles against the Blues. And sometimes they won. Um, especially at the beginning when the Blues said, you know, they have no chance. They're a bunch of, but they really swung punches. Before they were defeated. And thank God they were defeated. Because they were in the wrong side of history. So David defeated the Philistines. With only a sling and a stone. He hit him and killed him. He did not even have a sword in his hand. Then David ran and stood beside him. He took Goliath's sword out of his holder. And killed him by cutting off his head. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead. They turned and ran. The men of Israel and Judah shouted and chased the Philistines all the way to the entrance of the city of Gath and to the gates of Ikron. It reminds me of a boxer who I saw. He was an older boxer. He went 12 rounds. It was the heavyweight champion. And he was just getting slammed. And all of a sudden he throws one single punch. It was almost, it looked like a, it looked like a jab. Didn't even look like it looked like a hook or a job and knocked out the opponent and everybody's cheering. So when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. The men of Israel and Judah shouted and chased the Philistines all the way to the entrance of the city and got to the gates of Ekron. The Philistines' bodies laid on Sharain Road as Gath and Ekron. The Israelites returned after chasing the Philistines and robbed their camp. David took Goliath's head to Jerusalem and put Goliath's weapon in his own tent. When Saul saw David go out and meet Goliath, Saul asked Abner, commander of the army, Abner, who is the young man's father? Abner answered, As surely as you live, my king, I don't know. The king said, Find out whose son he is. When David came back from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul. David was still holding Goliath's head. Saul asked him, Young man, who is your father? David answered, I am the son of the servant Jesse in Bethlehem. You notice how he does not end. Oh, oh I don't know you. I don't know your father. He says, Who are you? He doesn't say, I am David. He says, I'm the, the guy related to Jesse. You know, so then that's how the story ends. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And never forget, God loves you.